Welcome to the Art of Relationships. I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Tim Johan. And we are excited to be able to bring to you each week this idea of relationships. But more importantly than the idea, it's really the practical outworking of some things that we've been studying, thinking about, and preparing for a long time. That is, how do we do relationships well? The science and the art behind relationships. Right. And we're here at Biola University, and uh, we go go to our website, cmr.biola.edu, and learn a little bit more about some things we do and some other podcasts that are out there. So, Dr. Muehoff, what do you think about this topic today, and what are you interested in talking about? Well, you know, Chris, no matter how much you study communication, there are just some seasons of life that you take everything you've ever learned and throw it out yeah, the window. Exactly. Yep. And I think for many listeners, that's got to be the holidays. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect storm of just the stress of the season, and then you invite over relatives that you haven't necessarily <laughs> seen in a long time, and all those simmering hurts and disappointments yeah. and expectations, and add to that a little bit of eggnog, spiced <laughs> eggnog, and you just have a, a recipe for some real yeah. conflict. And we know from research that the holidays really do produce a lot of uh, potentially volatile situations. So we thought, let's tackle it. You know, come yeah. Christmas season, uh, like we're in right now, let's just talk about how do we let some of the steam off and some coping mechanisms as you're trying to plan this uh, Christmas gathering. What are some ways that we can keep it uh, in a positive light and keep it from uh, turning negative? I love, uh, Chris, what comedian George Burns said. He said, happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. <laughs> I love that. So uh, let's talk about some ways that we can um, perhaps deal with the stress that is just inherent in Christmas. Well, I have a question, Tim, that I, that that really has, I think, for a lot of people, when they think about holidays and they think about going to you know a house that they grew up in or maybe seeing family in aunt's house, wherever they're at. One of the things um, that I want to ask you about is how do you navigate that feeling when you get there that you're right back where you were and you're being treated almost yeah, the same yeah. way as you were as a kid. And now you revert. You could be 40 years old or 30 and you've been out of the house and married for a few years uh, or even just a college student and you get home and you feel like you're back to where you were and you're being treated <laughs> that way. That can be really stressful. And there are things like that that oh, yeah. uh, I wonder, how do we navigate that where we're preparing for that, thinking that it's going to happen? And, and indeed, it almost always does. I, I think the first thing, Chris, is I think it's good to lower expectations okay. heading into it. Yeah. For example, I'm haunted by this painting by Norman Rockwell. It's mm. a family gathering. They're all sitting around the dinner table. They're all looking at Norman Rockwell, laughing, smiling. And if my expectations are that this is going to be a Norman Rockwell Christmas dinner, mm. where... Everybody will get along. Everybody will love each other. And I finally will be treated as an adult. Mm -hmm. I finally will be given the respect that I think is owed me. And I don't mm -hmm. feel respected when I'm around family members. Mm -hmm. If all of that weight mm -hmm. is placed upon the day, mm -hmm. then there's no doubt that you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. So lowering expectations could be as simple as saying, listen, I, I just hope that we have a pleasant time together. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to try to manufacture this mm -hmm. once in a year great mm -hmm. family reunion. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to let it kind of play out. And mm -hmm. letting it play out is uh, not putting all that burden, that that uh, 
You're finally going to be accepted. This is going to be a beautiful celebration. It'd be great if it's a nice get-together and, and people enjoyed each other. The kids got to open some presents. It was a fun time. But take that phantom idea of what Christmas celebration is supposed to be and kind of get rid of that. Would you write it down? Or would you? How would you do that? How would you lower your expectations? And how do you not compromise and, and worry about that? Like, oh, my goodness. It, I shouldn't settle for less. And how do you process that? What I mean, what's your solution to this idea of preparing and getting ready by lowering your expectations? Like I, I like I think, gosh, I should write down what I want it to be, yeah. but what I'm willing to settle for. Is that the idea? Yeah, I kind of, in some ways, and I, I would say based on a communication perspective, you'd have to know what the communication climate is like heading into it. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if last Christmas, mm-hmm. it, it kind of was not a good time. Uh-huh. There was a lot of tension and some things were said towards the tail end of the evening that mm-hmm. kind of produced some hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't feel like you were appreciated. You're the one who hosted mm-hmm. the dinner. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, I barely got people to say thank you and nobody helped with the dishes. Mm-hmm. So if that's what last year was like, mm-hmm. then I think you set your goals realistically in light of last year. And mm-hmm. so um, if last year was a hard year of, of a gathering, then I would say, you know what? Pleasant is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that people showed a little bit of appreciation mm-hmm. and maybe one person helped me with dishes. Mm-hmm. And um, we tried that huge family devotion thing last year that didn't work mm-hmm. so well. So I think I would, based on, again, if last year was great and you had this really special moment and everybody got along great, then I think, hey, let's reproduce that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't so great, then take that into consideration when you now say, hey, I won't settle. I would love to have people laughing around the dinner table. I'm mm-hmm. going to settle for smiles. That's great, Tim. What? What? You're a communications expert. You you have this is your PhD, uh, and it's something that you're kind of trained in. You work with. So let's. Chris, tr- can I tell you why I'm laughing right now? <laughs> because I think of family get-togethers, <laughs> and I think of Christmas photos. <laughs> yeah. We're having a PhD in communication. Didn't do a darn thing. <laughs> <man. laughs> well, I'm going to say same with the psychology PhD. <laughs> just really doesn't work all that well. But, but that's the craziness of Christmas, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's an ab. We should just embrace. Yeah. It is an abnormal time. Yeah. Filled with abnormal stress. And so let's give ourselves a little bit of a break. This is a tough situation filled with a lot of different factors. But go ahead. That's why I'm laughing is, yeah. Yeah. And so if, yeah, I, I think it's funny that we, we struggle so much with this. What if, uh, what if it's out of your control? So mm. you said expectations. I can manage my you know, hopes or, or my you know, dreams for the day. I, I get that. But what if it's between two other people that don't get along and I know they're both going to be there? Uh, and my hope is, you know, I want them to get along. I want people just to be happy. I just yeah. want this to be a, yeah. a fun time. But I can't, I can control me mostly, but I maybe can't control person X and person Y. And yeah. that really stresses me out thinking they're going to argue, fight. What, what do you do with that when it comes to expectations? Do you, like, I think one thing is you kind of maybe navigate the seating chart or yeah, you oh, invite yeah. people over at different times or something. But I think even the way you phrased it, Chris, is when I'm talking about lowering expectations. So if you got two people who you said who don't get along and, and there's some bitterness or, or latent conflict, well, they're not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So that would be an unrealistic expectation. That everybody's going to be happy. Well, these two people yeah. are going to be happy. Yeah. I mean, because they're not. I mean, so I think I would separate them with the seating chart. Yeah. I think I would... Um, be a peacemaker to both. 
I, I think I'd engage both in conversations. Mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. think I'd be complementary towards yeah, both. Yeah. And, and I don't think that they would sit together. And I don't think that I would ask them to do things together like, hey, let's all of us go help clean. Yeah. Or let's all of us go and sit and watch a football game yeah. or something like that. I think it is yeah. good to have separate things. But again, I'm lowering my expectations to say, hey, I just hope these two people can be adults. Yeah. And just know, which sometimes they can't and they yeah. don't and they act inappropriately. So lowering expectations is I just want an evening where these two people are cordial to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that could be realistic and you try to accomplish that. Now, that wouldn't be the, for the whole party. You'd want people getting along and yeah. being happy and, yeah, and yeah. having fun. But if you know there's two people who this could blow up pretty quickly, then I think I lower my expectations of thinking, you know, I'm not going to expect a Christmas hug between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think about the idea in that situation of having a conversation ahead of time? How would you navigate that? Like, could you go up to person A and say, hey, listen, I'm really so glad you're going to be here. And I know that person B causes some issues and stress for you, maybe some other people, and it's hard. This is a really a party I'm excited about or a celebration or a time. And and I just want to know, <clears throat> you know, if, if there's anything I could do ahead of time to make that time easier. Is, is it something you could approach with person A and then and maybe then again with person B at a separate time just to almost navigate and set up your expectations and hopes? And or is that something that you say, you know what, let's just wait and see how it turns out. You know, it's been doing this for 10 years. I'm not going <laughs> to change it now. It's just they're always going to kind of be at, it, at each other's you know, throats, you know, at different times. I think if my communication climate is strong enough with each one independently, then I think that's appropriate. I I think I might give them a call and and say, hey, we so appreciate the fact that you guys are coming. We love having you there. Um, I know that there's some tension between you and -and so-and-so. And I I just, our hope would be that this would be uh, a fun time and a time of celebration and so I think I think uh, yeah. priming the pump that way, if your communication climate is strong enough with the two people you're going to talk to independently. That's great. So first thing you do, one of the things is you lower your expectations. What other advice do you have if you're thinking about holiday stress and things like that that you would advise as, as we navigate this by lowering expectations? What's something else? Yeah, let me give you the biggest one. And that is, so all of us would have our shopping list for uh, the event, right? Yeah. There's got to be enough food. We got to make sure we have drinks, napkins, games to play, and then we go to the store and we absolutely stock up on all of those kind of stuff. Mm. Well, the Puritans had the idea that just like you go to a store to stock up on material goods, you should go what they call the market day of the soul mm. and store up on God's love, mm. grace, wow. because that's going to get tested yeah. the day of the event. That's so I, I make the argument that a good Christmas celebration starts the week before. Oh, that's great. And that's a Sabbath time where yeah. I soak in God's grace, his love. I get a divine perspective uh, that God loves me in spite of how I treat him sometimes. That way, when I walk in, it's not that I've just stored up on, you know, ham, potatoes, uh, sparkling cider. I've also prepared spiritually for this. Mm-hmm. And maybe have people praying for me mm-hmm. and, and uh, praying as a family. Mm-hmm. That kind of market day of the soul, I think, is really important. A Sabbath-type rest mm-hmm. heading into the event, knowing that that grace is going to be expended throughout mm-hmm. the day. You know, it's it's so funny. It, it makes me want to just... In the last few days, uh, my wife and I had a conversation about, you know, the holidays are coming. 
you know, we always put on five pounds, 10 pounds. It seems like <laughs> maybe we ought to like have a fast before we get in. But it is interesting. It's almost similar, isn't it? That yeah. you prepare your heart, prepare your mind is what you're saying. And as you do that, because they're going to be depleted, just like your resources are going to be, yeah. that this depletion requires a, a, a re kind of investing in some of these spiritual exercises that could be, that's a great suggestion. I love it. Uh, hey, and I just want to say from me and Noreen's point of view, if the present you're going to get us for Christmas is financially putting stress on you and Elisa, just don't do not do that to yourself this oh, year, guys. Thanks, just kind of lower it a little thanks, bit. Thanks, because I think we've lowered that expectation quite a yeah, while Marine ago. Yeah, doesn't so. necessarily need a present. <laughs> just, right? I can give you my shirt size later. Hey, here's another one. Here's a practical one. I call it periodically sit at the kids' table. Because mm. here, what I love about Christmas gatherings is the kids don't know necessarily about the stress that's happening. Yeah. They're there. They want to um, open presents. They want to eat like crazy. Uh, they want to go outside, build a snowman. So sometimes if it's getting to be too much with the adults, then I like taking a break, but taking a break where you walk outside and you mm -hmm. play with the kids. Yeah. You help them build a snowman. Mm -hmm. um, you sit and play some board games with the kids. Mm -hmm. This does a couple things. One, that physical activity actually produces positive uh, endorphins mm. that give you a positive outlook. So building the base of a snowman with a bunch of kids is actually a great way to change your outlook. Second, everybody loves the fact that you're spending time with the kids, mm -hmm. right? I see an uncle playing with my kids and I think, oh, you know what, that's cool. That's mm -hmm. cool that he'd take time and mm -hmm. be that kind of uncle or be that kind of relative. So I love every once in a while, if it's just getting to be too much with the, mm -hmm. the uh, adults and the conversation is heading in a way you don't want it to head and you see what's happening, mm -hmm. I, I might just excuse myself, uh, go outside and uh, mm -hmm. throw a couple of snowballs at a couple of kids and they'll think <laughs> you're the awesome uncle and then make one big ice ball and then hit the adult. And then, no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, but you know what I mean? That kind of stuff is good. Is The kids are a great mm -hmm. diversion sometimes and to have fun uh, mm -hmm. at their level and see Christmas through their eyes. Now, I think that that's a great suggestion, uh, especially when you realize that oftentimes we can catch emotions. We've talked about that on our podcast a number of times, that emotional contagions are there and we have this kind of almost way of interacting with people who, you know, may not be happy that day and others, but children tend mm -hmm. to almost be on the other category. Of course, there are some kids yeah. who aren't having a good day, but for the most part, yeah. uh, you can almost encourage and, and, and increase your kind of emotional contagion and mood just by hanging around people who are excited about the day. And sometimes that's the kids. That's a great suggestion. And to talk positively about the kids. Yeah. Everybody loves to hear compliments yeah. about their kids. Yeah. And so I think that is a great way of complimenting parents. E yeah. Even when you feel like, you know, I just, looking at this adult, I just don't know yeah. if there's much I like about this adult. Yeah. But focusing on people's kids. Remember the, uh, this was a little bit ago, but remember this, the second presidential debate. Remember mm -hmm. this? And again, mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, they're just, they went at each other. We know mm -hmm. that. Well, one question at this town forum was, what do you like about each other? Mm -hmm. And it was very, I thought Hillary's answer yeah. was kind of interesting. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't, it's obvious she doesn't like Donald Trump very much. Yeah. But what did she say? She said, you know what? I admire the job you've done mm -hmm. with your kids. Mm -hmm. 
And Donald Trump looked like he was genuinely encouraged by that. So even if you're having a hard time with this adult, uh-huh. complimenting their kids is a great way to yeah. release that, build up some positive interaction between yeah. you. I think you can put in that category their pets as well, right? I mean, th- something that means <laughs> something, something to yeah. them, right? You can yeah. find something. And people are so invested sometimes in their pets. Like, I love your dog. Tell me about your cat. Tell me about your dog. And and it could very well yeah. be something that they're interested in. And, and I think, you know, Tim, what that brings up for me is, you know, that idea is show interest in another person is oftentimes a, a way to relieve stress um, when instead of trying to be interesting uh, all the time, yeah. that you try and be interested. And I think that's that's the idea. You know, we show an interest in somebody else and tell me about your kids. Tell me about this. Tell me what's going on. And and you express interest versus trying to always be interesting and be the life of the yeah. party. And that that's a great little phrase we oftentimes use with our kids. If you want to really kind of influence people or be someone that's a good friend, be it's better to be interested than to be interesting. And so we've talked about that yeah. before, but it's a cool thing. And there's great conversation starters. I mean, Christmas does the, the season mm-hmm. allows great conversation starters. I mean, everything from, hey, like, what did you get for Christmas? Mm-hmm. You can ask that question of a child as well as an adult. You could also ask the question, um, how did you guys celebrate Christmas yeah. growing up? Yeah. Or you and I are from, uh, not from California. Right. I'm from Michigan. You're from Colorado, where, you know, Christmas was very different yeah. mm-hmm. where there's actually snow <laughs> and you're not in your t-shirt throwing right. the ball with your child on Christmas day out right. in the street. Yeah. But to ask people about, hey, how did, um, how, what's Christmas like in Colorado? What's it mm-hmm. like in Michigan? What was yeah. your favorite Christmas memory? Um, if they're sports fans, mm-hmm. uh, we always celebrate uh, the Detroit Lions losing that day. It's just a, it's just a beautiful, <laughs> yep. sad. That's just a common their anniversary right there. Tradition, right Tradition. there. Yeah. Let me ask this question. One thing that I think can also be helpful, even in homes, both you and I were raised in, in, in pretty small, that is, areas, but also moderately to non-religious types of families. Mm, yeah. And now we're establishing new traditions. And one of those that seems to work and permeate with when it comes to stress is we kind of establish something right at the beginning in our family, and that is just reading the Christmas story. Yeah. You know, you could Google in the Christmas story. If you don't have a Bible there, or if you do, you can go find and put together this idea. And it really puts into focus something about the holidays. And, and I think that might manage expectations a a little bit where you're reading and you're realizing, wait, what is my expectation? What are we doing here this yeah. d- this day? What is my in reality? What what actually are we celebrating? Yeah. And just having that kind of mindset change can put you into a new area, a new way of thinking about something, and maybe even help not only with expectations but create in other people. My goodness, we have a lot to be thankful for. And the only thing I would add to that is if you do have non-Christian family members coming over or even non-religious family members coming over uh, or people who used to be, like you're brought Mm -hmm. up in the same religious home, but now your family attends church and you know your brothers and sisters really don't. My only caution there would be, uh, don't heap upon Mm. your siblings Mm -hmm. and rub their nose in the fact that they're not super spiritual. So Mm -hmm. I love the idea of reading the Christmas story, Mm -hmm. but I would also have non-Christian games, Mm -hmm. a non-Christian tradition or two that Mm -hmm. they can jump in. Otherwise, they could see all the religiosity as this backdoor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, slap in the face like, hey, 
you're going to be religious this day. Mm. So, I, so I love the idea of having one religious element. Mm-hmm. I just would be careful with non-Christians mm-hmm. and even people who should be more religious than what they are because they're upbringing, but they're just not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, be careful of the balance. Mm-hmm. What else you got for us? Yeah, another one is don't take the bait. Mm-hmm. Just don't take it. There, there's a great proverb uh, where the ancient writer says, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlooks an insult. Mm-hmm. So no doubt on Christmas day, mm-hmm. as the day gets longer, mm-hmm. uh, if there's alcohol involved, then mm-hmm. you start to get comments at the end of the day when people mm-hmm. are tired and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So if a person is sarcastic towards you mm-hmm. or brings up an issue that you've kind of agreed, hey, we're not gonna talk about this, but they're bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Then I think a prudent man says the book of Proverbs is you can overlook that insult. It takes mm-hmm. two to have a disagreement. It mm-hmm. takes two to have an argument. So don't take the bait, no matter mm-hmm. what. And again, I would I would say if, if the conversation is heading in a direction you just don't want it to go into, there's always an out to say, hey, I'm gonna uh, real quick uh, check if they need help in the kitchen. Would you like mm-hmm. anything? Or hey, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. get myself a quick drink. Would you like mm-hmm. something? Or um, how about another round of dessert? Mm-hmm. Or hey, I'm gonna check on my kids real quick. Mm-hmm. So find an out mm-hmm. that you don't have to take the bait of, and that, that's going to require discipline. Remember, we already talked about the market day of the soul, mm-hmm. where you have been preparing spiritually for this day through meditation, prayer, and stuff like that. So again, this is why you store up on God's grace, because it's going to be tested by people wanting to bait you. Mm-hmm. So again, just don't take the bait. And don't. And I, I would even say with certain people here, the off-limits topics, mm-hmm. I'm just not revisiting this, mm-hmm. and there's no reason we just need to bring this up. And that might even include, Chris, also... A person wanted to talk about another person, mm-hmm. like grab you and on a side and say, can you believe this about mm-hmm. Aunt mm-hmm. Carol? Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, today's kind of a fun day. and Let's don't talk politics today yeah, let's or not, whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's don't talk family today or something like that. And then just kind of uh, divert and shift a little bit. Do you think one of the things that we do in psychology when it comes to stress is um, we talk a little bit about not only knowing what's going on and what, and what are your trigger points or what are these things that – you know, cause you to to um, feel, uh, you know, maybe a negative emotion like stress, but also to re- recognize that which um, is the opposite, that which can calm you. So I wonder, uh, Tim, if during this time, suppose there, you know, you don't take the bait and instead you do the opposite. That is, you, you get out of the conversation or the situation and then you kind of almost build in five minutes and you go into a quiet room, oh, you go on a little good. walk yeah. and you remember that which you said. Yeah. And then maybe there's a verse you've been thinking about or maybe there's a passage of scripture that means something to you or a song and, and you just kind of go and almost kind of calm down and relax. You almost take a time yeah. out, but you give yourself permission to take a time out and to do some of that thing that you've been practicing the week before. That's um, really good. And just almost like uh, it's a, I mean, you put it on your iPod and you walk outside and you listen to it, or you go to the store and you say, you know, I'm going to go pick up something real quick, um, a turkey that's not burned. And then you go, or do <laughs> that was funny. Uh, or, or you go and do something else that you decide I'm going to go and just, and, and it's almost like time that you have to recharge, reconnect and re, re just re-remember almost. And that, boy, that brings up another good point, Chris, is, is uh, hey, don't swim alone. Mm-hmm. So you and your spouse are in this together. You're hosting. Let's yeah. say you're hosting. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell your spouse is going downhill. Mm-hmm. It's just wearing on your spouse. And, and uh, 
somebody did say something and you're finding it really hard not to take the bait. Yeah. It is good to come rescue each other. Yeah. Noreen and I used to do this at Little League Baseball games, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Where you're yelling at the ump and you're just getting hacked off and yeah. your, your spouse says, honey, why don't you just, uh, can you get me something from the car real quick or, mm -hmm. and uh, go take that car and drive to another state? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. but but uh, let's be each, let's be each on, on each other's team. Yeah, yeah. And often that doesn't happen in the holiday season, right? Ooh, we turn yeah. on each other and we say, no. hey, did you not think of this? Why don't yeah. you do this? Why don't yeah. you, uh, you know, stuff like that. So let's be on each other's team. And I think both couples, both of you are doing the market day of the soul mm -hmm. the week before or mm -hmm. the couple weeks before saying, hey, let's stay on the same page and stuff like that. And I think, Tim, one of the things we would recommend is that you get a game plan together ahead of time. Maybe there's yeah. a code word or a code, yeah. you know, something like, honey, I'm getting stressed right now. Is this something that you can help me with? And yeah. and then the person can say, I'll tell you what, I can't. Why don't you go find this yep. five minutes and go pick up some ice at the store? Why don't you do this and let me take care of that? Yeah, that's and good. Looking out for the interest of somebody else oftentimes starts before that moment at time. It requires, as you said, it's the day before, and you get that game plan together. Then you're doing this as a team. That that could unify rather than kind of pull apart. You know, when we speak at family like marriage conferences, we, we uh, sometimes have an administrator will come when he sees that you're in a conversation you just can't get out of, <clears throat> and he'll actually bop in and say, "Hey Tim, uh, can I see you real quick? Or we got a quick meeting? I just yeah. need you real quick." I think we could do that for each other in those situations mm -hmm. when. Uh, Aunt Sally's got you cornered, mm -hmm. right? It'd be good to rescue your spouse and kind of come over and just say, uh, hey, can I see you for a second? Or um, can I interrupt you real yeah. quick? Kind of thing I, like that. I think that's good. I think that's really good. And, and you know who those trigger people oh, are, gosh, especially you can yeah. talk to your spouse maybe even the day before yeah. or a friend say, gosh, you know, this is really going to be hard for me. Or I wonder if I can, this person tends to, if you happen to see me stuck in a corner, or if you happen to see this as, would you mind coming over and helping? That's a great idea. Those we are were great. at a family get together one time and I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Rush Limbaugh. I'm just not, he's just not my style. I'm just not a huge fan of him. And, uh, at one, and so uh, there's a family member who knows this. Right, we've had this conversation a ton because I do communication, and he's a radio, whatever. So he, blah 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 blah. He shows up at this family get gathering with this huge red T-shirt that says, <laughs> "I love Rush Limbaugh," <laughs> like in neon colors. And he just walked in, and I was like, "Oh, you have got." To. So I took my walk early. Yeah. He walked in. Yeah. I took my five-minute walk. That's like, right. <laughs> okay, this is just how it's going to be, and I'm not. But I'm not taking the bait. Yeah, that's I, good. I, I'm not. We're not going to talk about Rush Limbaugh today because yeah. it never goes well. Yeah, and so we're just not going to do it. And I was able to avoid that. Yeah. And even we had a quick laugh. That's great. Like, hey Tim. I'm like, yeah. I see that. Right, you're eating outside today. <laughs> but you know, don't take the bait. Kind yeah. of stuff like I that. Hey, it. the last thing I would say is this: is remember the reason for the season in, yeah. in this sense. The reason Christ came is that God knew we all need a savior. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's good heading into these stressful situations to remember all the things that I needed God to forgive me for, mm -hmm. that I'm often irritable and I'm often judgmental and I'm short-tempered. Mm -hmm. In other words, it isn't always these relatives that are mm -hmm. short-tempered and sarcastic that I needed a savior. And so I, just as I give myself grace, mm -hmm. I need to give other people grace mm -hmm. uh, and not be so judgmental towards them. And thank God that he wasn't so judgmental towards me. So perhaps Chris, the central question this Christmas should be, can I be as gracious to my family as God has been with me? No. I think that's powerful. 
It, it's a great question because uh, at the end of the day, what we need to recognize is that um, he comes to us, he desires to have a relationship with us. And in so doing, he can bring some things that are deeply, powerfully healing and transformative in our relationships. And we can be that person, that conduit, that vehicle. Yeah, and what a great way to uh, have a season that brings him glory as is the reason for the season. So Tim, this is great. Thank you so much for all of these different uh, pieces of advice on this. And um, we just ask the listeners, come and check it out. Have a great uh, Christmas season. Um, and check out our cmr.biola.edu for even more information on this. And, um, and again, Chris, keep the Christmas present reasonable for me. <laughs> just, just Extra being, large just or being, large? Just being with you. Uh, 34, 35, medium. <laughs> Will do, man. All right, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.